0: and Smallman on 101 ESPN, your voice of the St. Louis Blues. Chris Kerber and Joey Vitale have the action tonight at 7, pregame at 6 here on 101 ESPN. And while we have the action here in St. Louis, Everett Fitzhugh will have the call on 950 KJR in Seattle. He is the voice of the Seattle Kraken and joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Everett, thanks so much for your time this morning. Welcome to St. Louis. How are you doing?
2: yeah thank you i'm doing well this is uh my first time actually ever in st louis so even though we got in town uh two thirty in the morning it was really cool to see the gateway arts downtown so thanks for having me
0: well let's start with this is this start anything close to what you expected for the kraken you know i i, I think it's
2: a little bit of it's a little bit of a mixed bag uh vegas as i think you probably know is set a very unfair expectation (laughs) for uh for this team and and that there were a lot of those comparisons beginning of the season well vegas did it why can't you guys do it i think that the goal of this kraken team was to minimally be a playoff contender minimally be a 500 team so i think in that regard you haven't seen those expectations met uh this was a team that was struggling to to find i shouldn't say struggling was still working to find its identity uh up until, you know, mid-November, early December, you've been struck with a couple of major injuries with Tanev and Jane Schwartz, uh, and then you had COVID rip through the team like it has with a lot of other folks. So I would say overall no, but it's still an evolving uh, beast, this, this franchise and this organization on a daily basis.
1: Everett, what is the Seattle sports fan like? Because I imagine right now they're just so excited to have hockey in Seattle. They love the game day environment of the Kraken. But when do you think that grace period will be over and they'll start demanding results from the team?
2: Yeah, Seattle is a very passionate fan base, and I know that every sports town says that about their fans. Obviously, here in St. Louis, uh, this is a passionate sports base. I'm from Detroit; we've got passionate fans, uh, so Seattle is no different. I think that the the sports fan in Seattle is is really happy to have hockey, and they're excited to have the NHL. They haven't had the NHL or NHL caliber hockey since uh, World War One, since the the spanish flu pandemic over 100 years ago uh so we've gotten so much support from the community we've seen a few of the comments on social media but everyone's got something to say there i do think that that there's going to be that grace period of a couple of years to figure it out there if you if you talk to folks and you listen to folks they fully understand that this is an expansion team that it wasn't going to be all roses from the get-go i think the average Uh, smart hockey fan understands that Vegas was an anomaly um, and that is something that is is very rare, so rare it's only ever happened once. Uh, So I I do think that there has been a lot of grace. I think there will continue to be a lot of grace but I will say that The organization, both off the ice and on the ice, have set lofty goals for ourselves. Um, So it's not the, uh, the public more say, it's us holding ourselves as an organization accountable. So I think once you get into the latter half of year two and definitely into year three, you're going to have to start seeing some results.
0: Everett Fitzhugh is the voice of the Seattle Kraken and everett you mentioned the the smart hockey fan, and part of your job is to turn people into smart hockey fans in Seattle, right So tell us about doing play by play where you're talking to a lot of people that aren't really educated about the sport
2: yeah, you know it's it's honestly a little bit easier for me because my job before here I was in Cincinnati. Working for the ECHL team, so in in Cincinnati, we share a plaza. We shared a plaza with the Reds, who uh, you guys are very familiar with here in, in uh, St. Louis. Right down the street from the Bengals, you've got two major Division One colleges in Cincinnati and Xavier. You've got Kentucky just over the border. I can go on if you'd like. Uh, so hockey wasn't the first option in Cincinnati. So as the PR director there and social media manager and broadcaster there. I had to work to to turn people into hockey fans. And I think what gives Seattle an advantage is that there's junior hockey there. So you've got Mm -hmm. uh, two junior hockey teams on either side of the city. You've always had the Canucks right up the road. So while uh, there there may not be be a lot of NHL fans, there are definitely hockey fans in Seattle. That That is not a dumb hockey town. People just instinctively understood that when Philip Grubauer makes a big save, they cheer and yell, "Gru." They, they instinctively knew that when you get into a board battle, you cheer, you bang on the glass uh, and, and things like that. They can appreciate good offense. They can appreciate some slick moves with the puck and Jordan Eberle and Jaden Schwartz and guys like that who can make things happen brandon tana before he was injured turned into this this marshawn lynch uh beast mode like uh figure this cult figure within the city of seattle so i think he still is um so there definitely is that educated hockey fan but we're trying to turn folks into nhl fans here in seattle
1: Well, you mentioned Philip Grubauer, and I would imagine the expectations that fans had for Philip Grubauer is not meeting what the reality is. When he was signed to that six-year free agent contract, they expected him to be the franchise goalie, but he's obviously struggled this season. What's contributing to that?
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, just about this full team effort and and finding that team's identity. And and I apologize if if it sounds a little cliche, but it really is not all on him. And but he wears a lot of it uh, himself. He's you know an emotional goaltender. He's an emotional guy. um, But he'll be the first one to tell you that I need to be better. Uh, I, Philip Grubauer, needs to be better. But then you ask anyone on the team, and they'll say we have to be better for him this isn't out of the ordinary for him. Uh, When he went from Washington to Colorado, he did struggle in that first season. Fast forward a couple of years, and and he's now the reigning Vesna finalist. So uh, it's something that he's had to have a little bit of an adjustment period. But over these past couple of games that he's played, and I know it's been a real sample size, a small sample size, in Colorado and then last night in Dallas, he has started coming up with some big saves. We've been waiting for that big highlight reel save. We've been waiting for that game uh, saving, save on a breakaway on a two on one he 's given this team a few of those over his last six periods, so I think you can really start to see a rounding of the corner with him in terms of his consistency uh, and the way he plays, but obviously the stats aren 't there he allow- he's allowed three plus goals now nine games in a row, which is uh, a lo- the longest streak of his career. He never allowed more than three goals a game in four games in a a row prior to this stretch. So I think it's about him just settling down here in a new city with a new team. But as the year goes on, as we get into the next season, he's going to be that Philip Grubauer that we saw last year in Colorado.
0: Everett FitzHugh is the voice of the Seattle Kraken. Hey, as you walk around Seattle, how much a part of the landscape have the Kraken already become? You go into a grocery store and people wearing Kraken gear, and and on the streets, uh, how much have they already been able to infiltrate that scene? Uh, there,
2: everybody, and and I'm I'm willing to say ninety five percent of the city of Seattle. Owns a Kraken branded piece of merchandise, whether it's uh, a bumper sticker, a hat, a jersey. We broke uh, jersey record sales as um, as an organization when those went on sale earlier uh, in 2021. So the 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 community has really embraced uh, the Seattle Kraken, and I think I think it's for two reasons. Number one, obviously you're an expansion team. You're the new the new hotness, as Will Smith would say in Men in Black 2. Uh, So everyone's going to to rally around that. But also, I think you have a lot of casual hockey fans who, uh, you know, Seattle is is a tech market. It's never, like I said before, it's never been an NHL town. Um, You've got the junior hockey market there, but you've got a ton of Seahawks fans, a ton of Mariners fans. The, The Sonics have been gone for over 10 years, and you still have a bunch of basketball fans. I was very surprised to know that Washington State is a huge, huge basketball state between college basketball high school basketball and of course you had the sonics back in the day so you've got a lot of people who may be a little bit more on the casual fan base side um, as a larger population so a lot of folks are just curious what is what is the nhl what is what is hockey you've never been able to see the nhl here so they've really embraced this team and this team has become ingrained of the community where that's a goal of ours is to get out in the community um it's really weird for me because i'll be walking down the street and people recognize me like hey Fitz, what's going on <laughs> I, I don't play you know what i mean I'm, I'm a broadcaster but but people are saying hey what's going on to me so it's it's really really cool to see we've got that beautiful training facility north of the city um which is the first three sheets of ice in the city of seattle proper ever uh, and that's been booked solid ever since it opened back in September. So we've really done a lot of of good things as an organization of getting that brand out there. But the fans, the community, the city, the entire region has come out in droves in support of this team.
1: Well, Everett, a pair of former Blues in Seattle right now, Jaden Schwartz, who was performing well before he was out with that hand injury four to yeah. six weeks, and Vince Dunn, who's back from COVID protocols. But give our Blues fan listeners a scouting report on how Schwartzy and Dunn have been performing in Seattle.
2: Well, I mean, Jaden Schwartz was one of the catalysts of this team's offense he and Jordan Eberle, uh were were a dynamite one-two punch, and and that's why the news of him going down um, it was was devastating to this team, who had been struggling at one point to find the offense. And if not for Jaden Schwartz, if not for Jordan Eberley, you know I, I don't think we would have as many goals created, as many goals scored as this team does, uh, as we see with the Kraken. So that's a huge loss the way that he plays and and the way that he draws attention from the other team's defensive core is something that you really can't replace. And then with Vince Dunn, I mean, he's been able to provide some offense from the back end that um, has helped Seattle become one of the most productive blue lines in the NHL. A couple of games ago, back on January 1st, um, Will Borgen scored his first goal uh, of the season. And when that happened, the Cracker, became the first team in the NHL to have eight defensemen registering a goal. Seattle has gotten offense from all up and down the blue line, and I think Vince Dunn has been a big reason of that. He's worked on his defensive game as well, playing alongside um, Adam Larson for a few games Who who is, you know, he really settles the game down and he makes whoever plays with him better. So being able to have Dunn back there, he's been trying to find a spot, whether it be on that second pair, whether it be on that third pair, Jamie Oleksiak and Mark Giordano, I think they've solidified themselves as this team's number one pair. But he's really provided a, a little bit of an offensive spark. And I, there are times when I'll be calling a game and then I'll see number 29 in the corner and I have to do a double take to make sure it's done because he's <laughs> so active and he jumps up into play and is so success, successful at that.
0: Hey, Everett, before we let you go, you are in a spot that we can't ever imagine or that nobody that's listening could ever imagine. You are the first black play-by-play yep. man in the history of the National Hockey League. I know you look at it as a responsibility, but how, how do you treat this job? How, how have you, uh, if you could boil it down, I know there's a lot of tentacles to, to yeah. having that job, but if you could boil it down for us, how do you treat it?
2: I treat this job like like you treat yours. I, I want to go out and I want to put on the best show that I can every single day. I I don't want to be. A really good black broadcaster. I want to be a really good broadcaster. Um, so I've always been passionate about broadcasting, about play-by-play ever since I started uh, at Bowling Green State University in college. But I do think there is that social responsibility. And, and for me, never having a lot of positive black influences within the game of hockey to look up to, I'm, I want to do everything that I can to make sure that Someone who looks like me or, or, or someone who is a part of a historically underrepresented community, they don't have to feel left out about being a black kid liking hockey, a girl liking hockey, um, uh, you know, any other minorities wanting to play and wanting to like hockey. So I take my job very seriously. I want to be the best that I can be on a broadcast level, but I do also understand that there is that responsibility to make sure that folks know and that anyone out there who may be worried or concerned that they don't have a place within the game of hockey. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that that I can do to say that, no, you belong here. You not only have a place, but you also belong within this game.
0: That is very well said and great to hear. And one more thing, as a Detroit native, before we let you go, you're going to be very mad at me because we have a thing called The Fight here at 830 where I answer trivia questions, and I'm pretty good at it. But one of the questions this morning was the pitcher that lost the perfect game when Jim Joyce made the bad call, and it was? Oh, Oh, you're the same as me. I'm glad. Armando Galarraga.
2: I I, Armando Galarraga, and I remember that because I was sitting in my dorm room, and I was I was in college still. I remember I almost broke my window. I was so (laughs) angry. Oh, my goodness. I was talking. So I went to school in Ohio. All of my friends are Ohio State, Cleveland fans, whatever. I was talking so much smack that entire day. And then the Armando Galarraga blows that perfect game. I almost broke my dorm room window.
0: (laughs) Ever great (laughs) stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully as this blues and Kraken relationship over the years grows, we'll get an opportunity to talk to you more.
2: Yes, absolutely. I've been a big fan of uh, Chris Kerber for a while, so it's going to be fun to share the press box with him tonight, but looking forward to a good one here. Take care, guys.